Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. It's the Garnet Trust Hour. And our guest, unfortunately, got held up by a train for a few minutes. Now, uh, we were talking about it a few minutes ago. It's going to be weird to say former Gamecock tight end, Nate Atkins. Welcome to the studio, Nate. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me. On your home of the Gamecocks. Some of the trains, you can try to go around, and it, like you run into the same train. Like, they trick you. And, like, I pulled up, and uh, it was just now starting. Like, I heard it. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, the thing just went down. There's- 107.5 The Game. All right, welcome in. Thursday edition of the Garnet Trust Hour. I'm Chris Clark. Here on 107.5 The Game, special guest today is Brooke Blankenship from the South Carolina Gamecocks softball team. Brooke, appreciate you being here with us today. Oh, thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, this now this is your first radio appearance ever, yeah. right? Yes. I know you did some stuff in high school, um, some video stuff, had some stories written on you, I'm sure, in high school um, out of Florida. And so we'll get a lot into your, I want to look back kind of on your high school recruiting process. You're a transfer to South Carolina. This is your first year with Beverly Smith's program here in South Carolina. And so we're going to dive into all that kind of stuff. Uh, you guys are also off to a really, really good start um, this season, and you just got into conference play. Um, so we'll dive into all that. But first, um, let's go off the field a little bit, just kind of get to know you. Uh, you're from Florida, right, originally. Did you, did you grow up in Florida like throughout, you a lifer of the Sunshine State. Yes, I was born and raised in Hudson, Florida, and that's right it's, above Tampa. Yes, or beside Tampa. Okay, so when you were coming in this morning, we we're talking about how cold it is right now in Columbia. It's like thirty degrees. Um, 
Florida weather or South Carolina weather? What's your preference? You know, I like the warmth of Florida, and I think <laughs> this was a little chilly this morning, but I am getting used to it. Well, we, we have some warmth here, yes. too, and some humidity. Now, here, here's the question. Here's the real question. Is Florida or Columbia, South Carolina more humid? I think Florida's got Columbia beat. <laughs> I do, too. Uh, the, the worst I ever got is we went to Disney one year, obviously in Orlando, and it was, I remember it was the day after Christmas. It was December 26th, and I'm, like, sweating. Yeah. And that's when I knew Florida humidity, a little different. But, I mean, even the cold is humid, so that's kind of brutal, too. How does a, that work? A cold humid makes 40 degrees feel like 20, I swear. <laughs> wow, I didn't really think about that. Cold humidity. So yeah. you're, like, cold, but also, like, sweating and yes. even colder because right. of the humidity. Mm-hmm. All right, so obviously you spend a lot of your time on softball, on academics. I know you... you really value academics looking back at what you did in high school and what you've done at the college level too. But away from the uh, softball diamond, what kind of hobbies do you have? What do you like to do? Well, I have a puppy um, that I got last year. So that's kind of a newer hobby, but I love spending time with him. And obviously a puppy is a lot of work. So yes, when he's here with me, I have to um, give him as much fun as I can um so because he's not in the crate but um so that um at home I love being on the beach being from Florida um I think that's one of my favorite places to be yeah um hanging out with my friends shopping you know all that kind of stuff um, I love to do what kind of puppy do you have he's a shepadoodle so it's a sheep dog and a poodle mixed oh I don't um, know if I've heard of that yeah so I, I hadn't either, but he, he's only like 20 pounds. He's a little guy. Um, Will he get big? No, that's his full-grown size. So oh. it's perfect for me right now, um, but his energy does not match his size. He's full of energy. He's running all over the place? <laughs> yeah, he definitely has the poodle in him. <laughs> What's his name? Hank. Hank. I, saw, I feel like a lot of uh, there's a lot of poodle mixes. Yeah, there are. Like with the Labradoodle thing? yeah. The Labradoodles just get bigger, I think. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I've never heard of a, you said a ship, a doodle. Sheep a doodle. Yeah, when you said sheep, yeah, I was like, is that a, I've never heard of a German shepherd no, mixed with no. a poodle. Yeah. Okay, sheep a doodle, Hank. All right, and how old is he? He just turned one in January. That's awesome. Any, um, all right, tell us about your favorite, do you do any binge TV watching? Um, or movies? You know, I've always been kind of a Harry Potter girl. Um, okay. I like those movies, but lately I've been watching Outer Banks on Netflix. I know the new season just came out, but... I'm also... I have not watched the new season. I'll, I've got to say, so there's... I think this is the third season, third right? Time. All right, so I've watched the first two, um, and I like it. We're, we're big Chip Eston fans who plays... What's his name? Ward. Mm-hmm. So he was Deacon in the show Nashville, and then... He was Josh in The Office. Are you an Office fan? Yeah. I've seen a little bit of it. I don't... Once they took it off Netflix, I kind of... Yeah, you know. they did take it off Netflix. But it yeah. comes on... I don't know if you have cable or whatever it's called <laughs> nowadays, but they play it like all the time, just constant on one of the channels. I don't know if it's Comedy Central or what. Yeah, but um, I've heard season three of Outer Banks. Is it not as good? 
know, the first... after I feel like nothing can beat the first one. Yeah. Uh, season two was harder for me to get into, but season three is pretty good. Okay. I feel like they may be like running out of ideas a little I think bit. Because, so. yeah, yeah, it was hard to top that first one. It, yeah. That was a really good one. Um, all right. So we always ask every athlete or really every person that we have, we always constantly gravitate towards food. We like talking about food. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do any cooking? Sometimes um, I stick to the simple things like steak and chicken. Yeah. And I like making tacos, um, but I don't get too creative. <laughs> are you big like into nutrition? Like are you super healthy eater? Um, I try to be, um, but during season it's kind of hard to, because we're gone so much. So like yeah. once I buy food, it all goes bad. Um, True. But yeah, definitely I try to eat as healthy as I can and like try to cook at home at least a few times a week. <laughs> Any bad food takes, like things that you like that you're almost embarrassed to reveal, well, talk about? There's no cookout in Florida. So okay. I tried cookout here and I love it it's so good, but I know it's really bad for me. <laughs> well, that's not embarrassing though, you know, like yeah. that's not like, um, not too oh, I like, you know, a peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwich or something like that. You know, like, I don't even know if that's a thing. I'm sure somebody does it. I put ketchup on my mac and cheese. I don't know if that's weird. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Extremely. In my opinion. Ooh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't get there on that one. I've heard, I have a cousin who does ketchup on green beans, rice, mac and cheese. Hmm. Yeah, that would qualify. Okay. In my yeah. opinion, that's the bad food take. Um, Colin, who you met earlier, who uh, does in the bonus here on 107.5 The Game, we make fun of him a lot. He has horrendous food takes. Um, like, he doesn't like chicken wings, or he says that they're not that good. He also, let me get your opinion on this. There was a New York Times story that came out recently that um, a guy is literally suing Buffalo Wild Wings because he says that their boneless wings are really chicken nuggets. So do you do boneless wings? I do boneless wings. I mean, I'll mix it up, but I feel like if I'm really hungry, I'll do bon- boneless wings. Those are chicken nuggets, though, right? I mean, are we? I mean, I guess you could say that. I just don't think it's really a wing. I think it's a... Anyway, yeah. I'm going to join the lawsuit and um, name <laughs> Colin name, name Colin as a co-defendant because he... And you, apparently, because you think that boneless wings are chicken nuggets. All right, so um, music. What's your favorite stuff to listen to? I love country music. Okay. Um, Riley Green, Morgan Wallen's new album. Yeah. Um, I love all that kind of stuff. Did you get to go see Morgan when he came to Columbia? I did. What was that, like, couple... You probably weren't here yet. I wasn't here Yeah, because that was, like, more than a year ago. But I saw Luke Bryan last summer in Tallahassee, and it was awesome. The Morgan Wallen show was, like, a hot ticket. Like, concerts are so expensive now. And it was, like, almost impossible to get a ticket. It sold out in, like, two seconds. And it was it was really hard. Do you like listening to music when you're getting ready for a game? Definitely, yeah. I feel like any time I'm, like, by myself, I'm listening to music. Okay. Do you ha- So do you have, like, a pregame routine? Um, I think if we're home, like, I like listening to music when I get ready. And then I like getting coffee. Like, I have to have coffee before... Mm. I play, um, and then we get to the field pretty early, um, so we all eat there together. But if I'm on the road, it's a little bit different. But it typically tries to stay the same. Do you have, like, a 
I'm a big like coffee person too. So when you're on the road, are you like really worried about like, all right, where am I going to find the coffee? Yeah. I mean, we're leaving tomorrow and I looked at where our hotel is to see if there's any places close. So you're, but you're kind of on your, like y'all are busing there. So you're kind of like on your own. Like you've got to like walk there or. Well, I find my friends on the team that like coffee and we'll do like a little Uber Eats order. There you go. That's a good idea. Now, give me your coffee order. Like, are you simple? I'm or? simple. I get an iced white chocolate mocha from Starbucks. Perfect. No, yeah. No, my my partner in crime, Wes Mitchell, is more of a of a bougie coffee drinker. Yeah. I'm just black. That's all I do. I I will drink a white chocolate mocha ice. I mean, those are mm-hmm. really good, but that's that's all I need. I mean, the more simple you coffee. keep it, the more consistent it is. Yes, because exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. what I like about it. Yeah, you might get one from somewhere and you're like, this is not right. Not very good. Um, do you, any other sports? Did you play any other sports coming up? Like, yeah, so you, from the time I could really walk um, until I started playing softball, I was a gymnast. I yeah. was a pretty competitive gymnast. I was really good at it. Um, I loved it. Um, but I think... It was awesome for me because it created my work ethic and just kind of shaped me as an athlete. And then my little sister actually started playing softball, and I went to one of her games, and I was like, Dad, like, I want to try this. Like, I could play this. That would be fun. And I started playing softball and really never looked back. So. And what age were you when you picked up softball? 11, I think. 11. 11 or 12, yeah. Did you catch on to it, like, really quickly? Well, honestly, like, but he put me on a team – for my age and I was behind because most of the kids had played since yeah. they were like seven or eight. Um, but I realized like I was sick of being the worst player on the team. And <laughs> I think I took the work ethic that I learned in gymnastics because we practiced like four or five hours a day. And I was like, this one hour practice is crazy. Like I can, I can do more. And um, I put in the work and I like to tell people like I made the all-star team in my little league my first year playing. So I thought that was a pretty cool accomplishment. I know I was like so happy back then. It's a really good accomplishment. Um, favorite athletes. Like did you grow when you were growing up, since did you like like have favorite gymnasts Gymnast, or something? Yeah. yeah. Um, Nastia Lucan and Sean Johnson were my favorite. Um yeah. the Olympics, the two thousand eight Olympics. Um, I watched that. Um, do you still watch gymnastics? I still watch gymnastics. I wish South Carolina had a gymnastics team. <laughs> Um, but I love college gymnastics. It's so exciting. It is, you know, it's pretty big in the state, it like is. travel, um, youth gymnastics. I feel like probably pretty good here if right. they had it. Um, Suni Lee, is that your Simone Biles, yeah. Suni Lee? Yeah. She was the Auburn. Yeah. Those are the new ones. Um, yeah. I mean, Simone Biles is awesome. You still dabble? You go vault every now and then or whatever? No. Um, I don't really have it anymore. <laughs> you don't think you have it anymore? I mean, I can it. do basic things, yeah. but, yeah, I think my coaches might freak out if they see me, like, try to tumble. <laughs> That's <like> true. <laughs> it is pretty dangerous, I guess. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. First timeout here. You're listening to the Garnet Trust Hour on 107.5 The Game. Be back right after this. More with Gamecock Softball's Brooke Blankenship. It's the Garnet Trust Hour on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. All right, segment number two, Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. I'm Chris Clark here from the Herney Chevy Studios, joined by Gamecock Softball's Brooke Blankenship. She is our special guest today. We were uh, talking off the field, off away from the diamond stuff with Brooke. Favorite music, 
movies, TV shows, etc. And uh, we learned in the first segment, Brooke, that you former gymnast, and so that's that's kind of your background. Do you feel like that helped you in any way, like in baseball or softball <laughs> in baseball? Yeah, I mean, I think it shaped me as an athlete just because I was in really good shape mm-hmm. and I could run and I was pretty strong for my age just because gymnastics requires so much strength, especially core strength and stuff like that. Um, and it creates athletic ability for sure. And I was able to pick up like the movements you need for softball. And um, I think the biggest thing is the work ethic that gymnastics requires. Um, I carry that into softball and I think I learned how to work hard at an early age and that's helped me in every aspect in life. Did it help you from, you know, number one, getting used to you guys go on the road a lot? Like I assume you were traveling a lot from gymnastics. I mean, I was pretty young, so it was different because, like, my parents took me everywhere, mm-hmm. so I wasn't really, like, traveling on my own. Aware, yet. yeah. But, um, yeah, definitely, I think so. Um, what were your best events in gymnastics? Like, what, what would you consider your strongest? Um, I definitely liked bars the best, yeah. and I think I was most confident on that event. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I know I hated the beam. Like, that was really tough. But I I could tumble, like, when I was in the right state of mind, I think. Um, gymnastics is so mental, too, because it's it's the fear of, like, getting hurt or falling or something like that that you're fighting. And it makes softball sound kind of easy. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah. But I definitely like the bars. And I, I know I love practicing that all the time. Yeah, it seems like maybe that did help you prepare you, like, from a mental standpoint. Like, gymnastics, you're performing in a bunch of front of a bunch of people like by yourself basically yeah um not a bunch of other people like on the field or out there with you and and that fear of failure but like in softball like right now i've got your stats shut like you're hitting 407 right now which is really good um that's above average obviously (laughs) but like even in softball baseball like if you're hitting you know 300 like you're doing awesome but that means you're quote-unquote failing you know, three out of ten times. Right. And so... Or seven out of ten times. Seven Sorry. out of ten. Yeah, or, you yeah. know, maybe maybe you're walking some or whatever. There's all these other metrics. But, like, when when you are up to bat or when you're on the field and you have a ball come your way, like, do you feel like mentally you're a little bit stronger because, like, you're used to that performance aspect? Like, the fear of failure is not as much there? Right. And I think, yes... But the biggest difference is gymnastics is, like, totally individualized. And softball, like, I have my teammates behind me. And, yes, I'm in the box alone, but I know if I don't get the job done, the girl behind me will. And I have a ball hit to me, and I can throw it to the first baseman. And I know, like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. So I think that helped me a lot, like, transforming into, like, a team sport where it wasn't just me up there in front of a lot of people. Like, if I, like, wobbled on the beam, it was, like, minus one point. Where, like, <laughs> right. on the softball field, like, it's really, once the play's over, I can do really whatever I want. So, yeah, um, I think that's definitely the difference. <laughs> yeah, you can afford to bounce one to first or oh, whatever. Yeah, I because mean, I know she'll pick it for me. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what is your favorite hitting or fielding? Because I know you're, I mean, you're really good at both. You were telling me before we came on that, like, you're a really good defensive player. Yeah, uh, defense definitely has my heart. I think what really? I'm, people, my teammates think I'm crazy for this, but, like, my favorite thing is fielding ground balls. Like, I really? 
beg for them <laughs> at practice, but I have a passion for fielding and like my style. Like I have a little style that I have on the field, and I just love defense and communicating. And I mean, I think it's awesome to shut the other team down and obviously not let them score. So, what's your um? Do you like turning a double play or I don't know throwing somebody out from like like a backhand like you're throwing out from like the grass yeah I mean both are fun um I like like throwing on the run like yeah. off balance type of thing but um, I think that's like what I'm really good at but turning double plays are probably one of my favorite things is that is that the style you were talking about like, yeah like I, I feel know. like in baseball like guys throw like sidearm yeah a lot, and like in softball there's not that much of it right now so I think I have more like a baseball spin on softball. And- a little bit of flash. Yeah, I would say. Is there is there a softball or even a baseball player that you, I don't know, kind of admire or maybe even model your game after? Um, I definitely admire Derek Jeter. Um, that's that's where my head went when you were talking yeah, about that style. I would say he, yeah, um, is amazing, <laughs> um, but. Kenzie McGuire played here for five or six years, and I definitely admire my or model her game the best mm-hmm. that I can. Um, not only like was she also like a really flashy shortstop and made amazing plays, but just a great leader. And I had the opportunity gro- to like grow up training with her and look up to her. So we have a good relationship, and that's special to me. So what what you mentioned work ethic earlier, and I mean has that obviously aside from your just natural athletic ability, did that extend to, like, how you trained, how you got so strong at defense? Yeah, and I definitely um, was introduced to the right coach, for sure, and that had a lot to do with it. But I definitely have put in a lot of hours and reps with defense to help get where I am today. What's your – I don't know, do you have a routine of just, like, hey, I'm going to go – to practice or like when I'm training on my own, I'm going to take 100 ground balls. Like what, what does that look like? Um, well, our coach has a really good way of doing it and he maximizes the time we have so that we get as much as we can and like we're good to go for the week. But we, we start with the basic like everyday stuff and then we do a lot of like walkthrough type of things and just because when you're playing so much, it's hard to like kind of work on the details. So we work on that for a little bit. And then we just get some regular reps. But I think we focus a lot on, like, the team stuff, like cuts and relays and stuff like that. Um, but I try to go in as much as I can and get extra ground balls and stuff. What's, can you think of the best defensive play you've ever made or, like, your favorite? Um. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think in college last year I was playing at Florida State. We were playing Clemson and I made a backhanded play um, and threw their runner out and it was just a momentum shift. Like it was a back and forth high scoring game and I think that was awesome for me because I had never really made a play like that in college before and um, I just remember how happy my teammates were for me and that was just like a moment I look back and smile about. Yeah, well, it'll make all the uh, listeners who are Gamecock fans and like making plays against Clemson smile <laughs> yeah, as well. There you go. And I, I know you, you guys get them uh, twice, right, this yeah. year as well. So um, we'll dive into that as well. So let's talk a little bit about the, the softball life um, in college mm-hmm. and kind of um, you mentioned during the season there's not – y'all play a lot of games, but like 60 games over the course of a year. You've already played you know, 26, 27 games. To this point, and you're only you've only played three, even an SEC play. So SEC play coming up, of course, um, or the the best, the biggest part of SEC play coming up. So what's the schedule like during the season? Um, during the season, we wake up and go to class. Our classes are in the morning. Um, really, any free time we have in the morning, um, we're expected to go to treatment and take care of our bodies because the season is very taxing, a lot of games. And then once. One o'clock hits, we'll, if it's a practice day, we'll work out together and then we'll walk over to softball and practice. Um, practice consists of um, some reps, really preparing for the next team we're going to play and watching film on that team and kind of just going over whatever we needed to from the last game, like defensively that we need to make adjustments for. Um, but if it's a game day, we'll still go to class in the morning and then get to the field three hours before the game and eat together and then start our warm-up process. All right, let's uh, let's table that for now. Um, back on the other side, we'll talk more with Brooke Blankenship from Gamecock Softball about game day routines, what it's like on the road, what it's like as a student athlete de- balancing academics and athletics here at the University of South Carolina. You're listening to the Garnet Trust Hour on 107.5. <laughs> It's the Garnet Trust Hour on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. All right, back in on the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. I'm Chris Clark, joined today by our in-studio guest, Brooke Blankenship, from the South Carolina Gamecocks softball team. And before we went to break, we were starting to dive a little bit into, you know, practice routines, game day routines, and kind of what the student-athlete experience is like here at South Carolina. Um, Brooke, tell us, you know, you mentioned kind of what happens on game day, um, especially at home, but what's the travel like when you guys hit the road? Yeah, so we'll ride a bus there to the, <laughs> to the school we're playing at if it's, like, drivable. Yeah. Um, so we'll get there probably the day before. Um, I know in SEC play, we get to have a practice on the opposing team's field, um, kind of get a feel for the field and all that kind of stuff. And then um, normally the games are in the evening, so we'll kind of have the morning to watch film. We'll stretch, um, eat, 
kind of have some free time, do our homework um, in the morning. And then once the afternoon rolls around, we'll head to the field um, and just do our typical game day routine. Um, but depending on the time of the game, like the coaches do a great job of if our families are there, like we're able to see them and get some free time, go out to dinner if we can. And so like it's it's fun being on the road, but it's definitely a little different because you're in a hotel a lot, but it's fun. When you're watching film, um, just for you individually, mm-hmm. like what are, what are you looking at? Or is it kind of, I'm sure it's both like defensive and offensive film study, but are you like studying pitchers, like what they're going to, how they're going to pitch you defensively kind of trends? Yeah. And I would say most of it is watching the pitchers we're about to face. And then like, if it's a three game series, watching, rewatching our bats from the day before. Um, I know on the road, we watch them together as like a hitters group and kind of just talk about our plans. And if we stuck to it, like if the pitches we swung at, like were we supposed to swing, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Just um, a kind of a recap and going into the new day with a different plan or the same plan if it worked. Um, but I think just that and defensively, it's not as much. We kind of watch their defense um, and then hopefully not too much of our defense. <laughs> so you mentioned to me before he came on that you consider yourself more of just a contact hitter than like a power hitter, right? Is that fair? Is that how yeah, you would say it? I mean, maybe like gap to gap, like definitely yeah. not power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and by contact, I mean, it's not like a slide or anything. Um, I mean, contact hitter, yeah. hitting 407. I've got your stats here. Let me read them off. <laughs> uh, 407. And uh, yeah, Homer, 17 RBIs, triple, four doubles so far. Um, I've got all your high school accolades here written down too that I didn't even do yet. Uh, maybe that would have embarrassed you maybe not I don't know but um yeah so what's your approach like you mentioned a defensive style mm-hmm. offensively you said gap to gap like what are you what are you kind of looking to do what's your general discipline and approach at the plate well obviously like I want to barrel up a ball mm-hmm. and I think I try I am very aggressive as a hitter like mm-hmm. if the first pitch is there I'm totally fine with swinging at the first pitch like mm-hmm. my job's done <laughs> Um, so I, I like to be aggressive and I mean, this year working with our hitting coach, coach Bloomer, I've learned so much about hitting and I think we've kind of talked about what he expects from me as a hitter. So I have that in mind and I try not to overcomplicate it because hitting is so hard. Um, but obviously it's very mental. So I try to think about very few things up there and just Mm -hmm. get my best swing off on a good pitch. So you mentioned that you like defense better that's kind of more of your forte than hitting so, so is hitting harder in defense for you I would say and I work way harder at hitting than I do on defense and right. because you have to um but yeah hitting is definitely harder in my opinion and it's so much more failure than defense so that's obviously right. why it's harder but you know it is a game of failure at the end of the day so how it is your hitting coach came over from duke right he did um you mentioned you mentioned that he made a has made a big impact. Can you unpack that a little bit as to like what shown you in your own swing and in your approach just to make you an even better hitter? Yeah, and I think looking for a school out of the transfer portal, I was work, looking for somewhere that would really work with me hitting, and um, 
as like defense is my strongest part of the game and he basically told me that this is a three-year process the hitting part with you and and we're gonna work on it and it's not all gonna come at once like it is a process and I think that is something that I think about often like when I'm struggling like it's a process it's not all gonna come at once but he is so knowledgeable about not only hitting but like the body and how it moves and he has taught me so much about how to hit rather than just swinging. I was talking to uh, Ethan Petrie from the Gamecock baseball team a while back, and he was he mentioned Monty Lee, who came over from Clemson, former head coach there, and just how he made some slight adjustments. He, he mentioned something about this. Tell me if this has applied to you in the past. Like, he was swinging uphill too much. And so he kind of, Monty pointed out, like, a more downhill approach, which helped him barrel up the ball more and everything. But do, do you feel more comfortable? Like, are you happy with your progress so far and feel a lot more comfortable than, say, last year? Oh, absolutely. Um, I am kind of shocked sometimes. Um, I'm really happy with how I'm doing. And obviously it's only, like, about a fourth of the way through the season. But um, I am definitely have grown in the batter's box, and I'm comfortable and as comfortable as I've ever been. So um, I think, obviously, everybody struggles a little bit, but I feel like I'm able to struggle shorter mm -hmm. because I'm more confident and I know, like, what I'm capable of. Well, and, and when you put it in those terms, so if you're a third of the way through this season, which is kind of like a new year or a new start for you, like, especially from a hitting standpoint, and then if your coach says it's a three-year process, then, like, you've still got a lot of room to grow, go up, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you're righty righty. Yes. Do you do anything lefty? I don't. You're just straight. Straight righty. Straight righty. Okay. Yeah. Because we had in, I know you said you have, I think, a class with Gavin Cassis, right, from the baseball team. Um, he's a lefty hitter, and he was breaking down all the, like, he was signing some stuff in here and literally switched between, like, sign part of it left-handed, part of it right-handed. Yeah. Like, there's just a lot going on there. So you never even tried, like, let me try to hit left. Just, no. Nope. <laughs> just, just whatever you're most you know, comfortable looking with. Back, if I could start over, I feel like I would definitely be left-handed because in softball we have slappers too and, like, triple threat girls that can slap, hit, and bunt, like, everything like that. And I think that's an advantage, but um, I think it's too late now to start <laughs> trying to hit lefty. But couple minutes left in this segment. When we were talking before the show, you were breaking down some of the, like, different rules in softball, not only, like, from a recruiting standpoint or whatever, but just even, like, defensive switches and things. Give us – give the listeners who maybe haven't called a game yet um, at Carolina Stadium or, you know, just don't watch a lot of softball, what are some of the differences between, I don't know, softball and, say, maybe even baseball? Um. Well, to start, our mound's only 43 feet away from mm -hmm. the hitter, so we don't throw as hard as baseball pitchers, but about 65 to 70 miles an hour is your average um, D1 SEC pitcher, and so that gets on you pretty quick. Yeah. Um, the bases are only 60 feet apart, so um, being an infielder, I have to be pretty quick um, to throw the runner out. Um, our fields are shorter, um, only 220 feet compared to a baseball field. Um, I, th I feel like all the defensive or, or like substitution things are very similar to baseball. Mm -hmm. um, 
our pitchers don't typically hit, so there's a DH and things like that. So, But you can switch. Uh, you can come basically like in and out of the game. Yeah, so a, a starter can be switched out once. Yep. And then once they're re-entered, they can stay in, but they can't come out again. There you go. So... All right, one more segment uh, coming up after this break with Gamecock Baseball's Brooke Blankenship. We're going to dive in a little bit more to why she picked USC as her transfer destination. And then, um, obviously, a good bit of time left here in her softball career in Columbia, but maybe some plans for the future on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Garnet Trust Hour on 107.5 The Game. It's the Garnet Trust Hour on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. All right, back in final segment with Brooke Blankenship of South Carolina's softball team. You're listening to the Garnet Trust Hour here in the Herndon Chevy Studios on 107.5 The Game. Um, if you missed some of this show or if you want to go back and listen to any of the previous Garnet Trust Hours, you can go to 1075thegame.com, click on the podcast page, and you can check out all of the archives of the Garnet Trust Hour. We have some great guests in the past from all types of different sports. You can also go to youtube.com slash Gamecock Central and search for the Garnet Trust Hour, and you can find versions there that are also archived. So, Brooke, we've talked about a lot. Um, you mentioned playing Clemson when you were at FSU. Um, you play once here in Columbia and once on the road versus Clemson. Would you like a three-game series, though, against Clemson? I mean, if I could choose, yes. Um Definitely, but I'm really excited to experience that rivalry. I mean, obviously, Florida State, it was an ACC competitor, and we got to play them at Florida State, so I've never played at Clemson, um, but I'm really excited for that. Now, your next steps as a player, you know, you, you mentioned how you're already really good at defense, you're you know, obviously coming along very well as a hitter, but what do you feel like your next steps are? Even just, let's just look at this season, not, you know, two years down the road, one year down the road, but what do you feel like the next step is for you and for your team, especially as you get deeper and deeper into SEC play this year? Yeah, I mean, I think just compete. Um, I think just come up with a plan before and stick to it is just incredibly hard at the plate to do, but if we can do it, we're successful pretty much every time we do it. <laughs> So I think that's a big thing, but the SEC is tough. I mean, we're playing pretty much a ranked opponent every single weekend, so three times. So mm -hmm. in order to survive that the way we want to, we need to compete. So I think that's the biggest thing for us. And obviously we, our goal is to make postseason. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we have the schedule, and so far we've done what we need to do to make a postseason, so we just need to continue and compete our way through it. So let's look back at, um, you know, the recruiting process or the transfer recruiting process. So you're from Florida. You go to Florida State out of high school um, and had a good experience there, right, but right. decided to transfer to South Carolina. So what, what went into that choice for you? Yeah. Florida State? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, the decision to go from Florida State to South Carolina. Yeah, I mean, I it was always my dream to play at Florida State, and when I got that opportunity, I couldn't turn it down. Mm -hmm. And I went to Florida State as a freshman. I got a lot of experience. Um, I got to play next to some of 
the best players in college softball and learn from them and for an amazing coaching staff. Um, I got to win an ACC championship, so I lived my dream playing there, um, made some amazing friends and memories, and I decided I wanted something new. Um, so I entered the transfer portal to see what my opportunities, what could come up, and Coach Bev at South Carolina um, reached out. I think the first day I entered the portal and um, we set up a visit. I had looked at South Carolina pretty hard out of high school. Um, so I had followed them and I knew a lot about South Carolina and had talked to Coach Bev before. But once I came on the visit here and I talked to Coach Bloomer, our hitting coach, for the first time, and he was brand new as well. And um, I've known Kevin McGuire, um, our infield coach, for a while, and I met Coach Crash. Um, I just knew this is where I was supposed to be. And since coming here, like, it's been amazing. And I can really be comfortable in my own skin here along with playing softball at a high level. Now, when you look at, and you've obviously been part of this, the improvement even from just last year to this season, um, you know, you guys started SEC play with LSU, who's really, really good. Right. And you took, I think, game two of that series, right? I did. Um, last season, I mean, this team didn't fare too well in SEC play, and you're already off to a better start, you know, just in terms of your projection. what do you? I know you weren't around the team last year, but, like, what have you seen – out of this team that makes them different or, or a team that has a chance to have a lot of success and make some noise in SEC play? Yeah, honestly, I've never been a part of a team that gets along so good. Um, we truly like love each other um, like a family. We are a family, and I think that helps us so much on and off the field. Like We have trust in each other, which is like huge part of softball, huge part of a team sport, um, and I think we're able to have hard conversations together and um, make adjustments through that and at the end of the day we still are sisters like you know we're competing together so I think things like that we can really learn from everything that happens on the field and take that into account but we we talk about last year I mean you can't ignore it um, and but we, we always talk about how we're a new team and we go into hard games expecting to win them because we're good and we have the pieces it takes to win them we just or win the games we just need to do it after softball, um, whenever that may be ever, right. what what would you like to do? Um, I've thought about this a lot recently. I definitely am interested in being a coach, and I'm not really sure like what level, um, but for a game that's done so much to me and I have so much passion for, I feel like I can really give back and make an impact on some people like coaches have made an impact on me. Um, so I think... While I'm young, I definitely want to continue to coach softball or playing coach. I want to mix in some NIL talk with kind of just the progression of softball, the pro rank. So you think about um, women's basketball, how it's made kind of a move up in the WNBA where like salaries are getting bigger, it's growing. You think about women's soccer, and then you think about like NFL and all the money that's in that NBA. So for softball players, you're telling me some about this before we came on, like kind of fascinating how the pro game works, like with the point system and the pro leagues. Tell, yeah. Give us a quick rundown of that. Um, well, the softball season is short for the pro league. It's typically just a summer long. So there's a few different ways you can go about it. Like you can get drafted to a team that plays 
a few other teams or you can go to Athletes Unlimited and obviously you have to um, qualify or for their standard um, to be drafted. But um, that is a unique system and they have it in multiple sports now. But um, there's about 60 players that get chosen and their top four get our team captains and they get to choose the team, their teams that week. And basically the players get paid based on their performance. So there's a whole system of how you can accumulate points. Um, so it's pretty cool and it's starting to be televised more and people are more aware of it. And it's interesting to watch. I definitely keep up with it. So like hit a homer X amount it's like of points, forty points, or steal a base, but a lot of you would you would make a living on on ground balls, probably. Yeah, I would be <laughs> hoping I get a lot. A lot of, you would need a, <laughs> a lot, lot of ground of chances, balls yeah. to make a living. Um, do do you think that in the future, like I, I saw the other day, and who knows if this is true, but some the guy who owns like a pickleball league. Mm-hmm. First of all, thoughts on pickleball? I haven't played. I, I, haven't, <laughs> I, don't know. I haven't played either. I know a bunch. I know of guys it's getting that big though. It's getting big, but I'm not sure if, like, some people are kind of forcing it, like, pickleball, pickleball. Yeah. But, like, it's growing, and one of the guys that owns one of the leagues says it's going to be a top-five sport in a few years. I'm a little skeptical, but do you feel like softball could grow to where it is a more sustainable, like, living for people that play in the future? Yeah. Not just a summer type of thing? I mean, I think right now, like, the most watched kind of softball is definitely college softball, but I think that's because it's on like the correct platforms to be viewed. Mm -hmm. Um, And college softball is huge. Like if you say you play softball and like everybody knows softball is nowadays and I feel like that's awesome. And I think NIL is helping girls make money that are in college and that is a difference maker. But I think if pro softball can be put on the correct platforms and just the right people can invest money into it, I think it can be successful. What are your thoughts on NIL and, you know, just having the ability as a student athlete, female student athlete, to leverage that and kind of participate in the marketplace, so to speak? Well, I mean, I don't think it affects softball as much as like football or baseball with recruiting. Like, I don't think that's a huge um, difference maker right now. But I think it can be. So programs that have, you know, the way to get NIL and promote that to their recruits can possibly get better players or more players. But I think it's cool for us to be able to do things like create merchandise and things like that. Um, and But I do feel for, like, the players before us that didn't get that opportunity. Like, I think they missed out, and that's, really sad yeah no i'm totally with you long long time coming for all this in my opinion it'll be fascinating to see you know where it goes lots of talk about new models but regardless it's not going away like the ability for you to capitalize on your nil at the college level is is here to stay in some form or fashion which in my opinion is great so all right brooke hey i've had fun i appreciate you joining us here on the garnet trust hour on 107.5 The Game. We are out of time for today. Up next, the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour here on 107.5. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if you're first bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit 
FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.